0: 8474. So for our uh, devotion, as the faculty have been uh, going through the wisdom literature, this morning we will look at the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, beginning in verse 11, and I'll read through uh, chapter 10, verse 3. So Ecclesiastes 9, beginning in verse 11, reading through ten, three. This is God's Word. I've also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Even when the fool walks on the road, he lacks sense and he says to everyone that he is a fool. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again as we come to you to open up your word, to be students of it, we pray that you would again give us humble hearts and attentive minds so that we might learn your truth, that we might learn about your wisdom and the world in which we live under the sun. And Lord, as we grow in the knowledge of your truth, may it continue to root us deeper and deeper into Christ who died and was rose and rose from the, the grave so that we might have the hope of the resurrection, which is our strength and our power to walk by faith here now as your pilgrim people. So bless this word to us, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you've... Uh, probably noticed as the professors have been going through this this series on wisdom literature that there has been a common theme and this theme has been that wisdom works. Wisdom works. Wisdom gets the job done. It's the skill and the knowledge that leads to life and not just any life but the good and godly life. Wisdom steers you clear from the dangers of temptation. It's the compass that navigates you through the treacherous rocks of folly and lands you safely upon the shores of our Lord's favor. And it's for this reason that wisdom is to be so treasured. Like a diamond around your neck or like an original Rembrandt on your wall, wisdom is to be prized, remembered, cherished. And without a doubt, this is true. Wisdom works. Or, at least, according to Kohelet, this is the glass-half-full side of the story. Yeah, Kohelet, which is the preacher's name in Hebrew, Kohelet doesn't deny the positive value of wisdom, but he does interrupt Proverbs' hallelujah course to wisdom to tell us the rest of the story. And a few passages in the book are clearer about how wisdom's power is limited. Wisdom works, but it doesn't always work. And verse 10 sets us up for the opening of our passage that we're looking at. For a note in verse 10, Kohelet encourages us to work, because in life we can labor. And he says, with all your strength and with all your might do whatever your hand finds to do. For in Shaol in the grave, there will be no goodness of toil. But as we think about toil as working, wisdom is that primary tool that allows us to work well, to work with success. And so now that he tells us to work and to work with wisdom, now he reminds us this labor is hazardous and success is not guaranteed by wisdom. He gives us five kind of poetic lines about the unexpected. Know what he says here? "I I saw something else under the sun another conclusion that he learned by his investigation. And note what he says. The race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong, or to the hero, the champion, and wisdom, theirs is not always the bread, riches is not to the understanding, and the knowledgeable, the educated, they don't always have grace or favor or honor. Now according to Proverbs, these results, that is the race to the swift, riches to the wise, This is what wisdom makes certain. In fact, Proverbs 3.16 says, riches are in wisdom's left hand. But here, the wise doesn't even get bread. The fastest person doesn't win the race. The smartest person isn't respected. Thus, he reminds us that our wise efforts don't always secure our desired results the connection between efforts, between wisdom that you put in and results is unpredictable. Sometimes uh, your your luck just runs out. Sometimes our efforts, our planning are for naught. Other times crazy things happen. Our skills and our planning, they get washed away in a flash. And we kind of know this to be true. Think about the Olympics that was this summer. There's favorites, there's people that we expect to get the gold, and for some reason, bad day, not feeling well, they don't even meddle. And now, Kohelet tells us the reason at the end of verse 11. Why is the race not to the swift? Why is riches not always to the wise? Because time and chance happen to them all. Time and chance happen to everyone. Now, by time here, he ref, he's including both God's ordained time, God's sovereignty, but also the right time for success. As you know, timing is crucial to success. It's like if you have a great joke, but if your timing's off, it belly flops without a laugh. It's not just that you have to get the timing, but sometimes we miss the timing. And finally, he says chance. Here, chance refers to these accidents, tragedies, slips-ups, unexpected misfortunes of any type. And we know these happen to us all. Even Usain Bolt trips over his shoelaces sometimes. We know that the oddest things can happen to us. Red lights, sicknesses, spills, computer crashes, out of the blue, unexpected, unplanned for. These happen to us all and because they happen, they foil wisdom. Wisdom can plan, wisdom can have everything in order, but one little mess up, one unexpected accident, and it's all to naught. Note how Kohelet uh, pictures these time and chances. How do they happen? Well, one, he says, why does time and chance happen? Because man doesn't know the time Here, time probably referring to the future or to the best time in which you need to do something. How often have you had a job and you know what to do, but you're wrestling, when should I do it? When's the optimum time that I should talk to this person? And so often we can get it wrong. We say the right thing, but at the wrong time. We don't know the future. Wisdom can't see the future. In fact, throughout the whole book of Kohelet, he's always reminding us time is in God's hand not in ours he's sovereign over time we do not know the future so why does time and chance happen because we don't know the time we're limited creatures but note how these time and chance happens to us he compares it to birds and fish that are taken in a snare or a net fish are just swimming along having a normal day and all of a sudden wham they're in net the bird doesn't see the snare he's enjoying the view whack he's caught so often snares time and chance happen to us. How often, maybe it's happened to you or a friend, driving down the road, minding your own business, obeying all the laws, out of your left side, you don't see it, someone runs a red light, hits you. Not your fault, misfortune, tragedy, all sorts of things happen. Thus you can have everything planned. Think about your papers, your finals, You're all ready for your sermon. Coffee spills on your shirt. You lose your keys. You're late to the final. You get fired out of the blue. Your house can burn down. All sorts of things. Computers glitch. Car won't start. The power won't come on. Time and chance happens to us all. This is part of the common curse of this world that we live in. Thus it's proper, that the the preacher calls these evils chance. For even though we know that God's in control of all things, we believe in his providence for sure, and yet these accidents, these occurrences can happen with little rhyme or reason as far as we, we are concerned. We don't see them coming, and even after the fact, we don't even understand why they happened. We could see maybe a good that came from them, but we don't understand why did this happen. When? They are like a trap. We are floating along life and wham, they suddenly hit us and all of wisdom's planning and work comes to naught. Our efforts can become zero. Yes, we are limited creatures and this is the limit of our wisdom. Wisdom is good. It works. But not always because time and chance can foil it accidents can wipe it away. And Kohelet continues with this illustration with a parable. Now this is a realistic parable, something he might have seen, but we shouldn't think of it as historical. He's not telling us something that actually happened, but just a realistic parable. But he tells us a parable about Smallville, you could call it. This is about a little village with just a handful of people in it. And note the contrast in this. You have a small village with a Few people and a poor wise man, but up against it is a great king with mighty siege works and he surrounds it all. This is like a pro football team going up against a high school football team. This is clear, foregone conclusion, the mighty king is going to win. He has the power, he has the strength, he has the might. And note even the oddities. This poor man is wise. But again, according to the optimistic view of wisdom, if you're wise, you shouldn't be a peasant. You shouldn't be poor. He should be successful. But the great king surrounds it, and this wise peasant is in the middle. But then the unexpected happens. The peasant, the wise peasant, saved the city with his wisdom. Don 't know how he did it doesn't tell us, but his wisdom performed the unimaginable somehow this poor uh, a peasant, wise peasant like David, overcame the Goliath. The power of wisdom is remarkable. this is the power of the underdog, the wisdom that can overcome and yet note he makes two points from this parable one he, his point is Wisdom is powerful. It saved the city. So verse 18, wisdom is better than the weapons of war. And verse um, uh, 16, uh, wisdom is better than might. Wisdom is better than lifting a lot of weights. Wisdom can be better than the biggest arsenal of nuclear weapons. Wisdom is powerful. That's the first point. The poor peasant saved the unsavable. And yet, what's the other lesson? Wisdom can be undone, forgotten, wiped out by just a little bit of folly. Note that it says, verse 18, one sinner can destroy much good. And here, sinner, we shouldn't understand so much as a moral term, but in the sense of fool, moron, careless person. Uh, this is what he means. Someone who makes a lot of careless mistakes. This is what happens. For what happened? The wise peasant saved the city, but then he was forgotten. His wisdom was despised. He wasn't honored. It wasn't, remember, there was no memorial or statute to the poor wise man, but his great act of wisdom was forgotten and dishonored. So uh, 10 verse 1, one fly spoils the whole batch of perfume. Perfumers were excellent at mixing a thousand ingredients to come up with the perfect scent, the epitome of skill and wisdom, but it only takes one pesky fly to land in all that effort, and it turns it rancid. Just a little bit of folly, just a little bit of stupidity, and wisdom can be flushed down the toilet. Thus it's true that wisdom has power, But wisdom is not a guarantee of success. Its record is not 100%. It's not undefeated for just a little bit of folly can undo it. Thus time and chance happens to us all. And just a little bit of folly can destroy all our wisdom and planning. This is the preacher's point. This is the rest of the story. Wisdom works. But it doesn't always work. Folly and evil chances so often happen to us in our life under the sun. And some of these chances, some of these accidents, sometimes we can't explain them. Sometimes we don't know the cause. But other times these chances are because of someone's folly, maybe even our own. Indeed, our own folly so often cancels our wisdom at times. You can plan for months, have everything in order wisely, and then you do one stupid night and it's all gone away. This is the common curse of life under the sun. It has chaotic elements, unexpected wisdom, or unexpected evils that limit wisdom and its power. Thus, Kohela gives us a realistic picture. Wisdom works, but not always. And why? because of folly and time and chance, because of the cursed world in which we live. It's our life, and we need to be realistic and follow it. Wisdom is the rule that we follow, but we can't be ignorant of the many and regular exceptions to it. Time and chance springs on us all. Just a smidge of folly can destroy wisdom and our wise preparation. Of course, this shouldn't lead us to despair. Why? Because Christ entered the same world. He lived under the same sun that we did. He endured time and chance. He was surrounded by folly. Think of how often he argued with the Pharisees or even his own disciples. He suffered in the world that we live in. He was humbled even unto death. Thus, Christ doesn't change our everyday lives. Being a Christian, having faith, doesn't uh, uh, free us from time and chance. It doesn't save us from all folly. We live in many ways just like all other people, susceptible to time and chance. But Christ did merit for us a better life, a better realm in his resurrection. Indeed, We groan under the sun, as with creation, at the futility, the time, and the chance, and the folly. This is part of living by faith. But the power of that faith is the resurrection that Christ earned for us. That this world, this time and chance, is not all there is. But there is the resurrected life as a free gift. This is our strength as we journey on under time and chance. Our wisdom doesn't guarantee success, but Christ's wisdom unto death earned for us everlasting life. That new world where death will be no more and time and chance will be extinct when we will be free from the chaotic elements to live in the joy of God's face. This is our strength, the resurrection. This is our grace as we Journey on in faith, using our wisdom, but knowing that often it will be foiled. Amen. Copyright 2016, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.